0: Welcome to Game On Girl. Hello everyone, I'm Regina, and welcome to the new season of my old show, Game On Girl. For this episode, I have a very special interview with Nanania. I will also talk to content manager for the Geek Embassy, Isabella, about gamer types. So stay tuned, and thanks for listening to Game on Girl. Twitch streamer, YouTube personality, and former community manager for robot entertainment, Nanania, joins us for the first episode of Season 2 of Game on Girl. Nana Nia was a guest on a previous episode where we spoke in-depth about her extensive gaming experience. I'm delighted to have Nana back as my first guest to talk about her adventures since then. Welcome, Nana Nia. Do you realize it's been five years since we did our original interview?
1: (laughs) I don't realize. It's unbelievable. Time has flown.
0: I went and looked back and I actually re-listened to our original interview. Um, and it was in February of 2013. So it's almost been exactly five years.
1: Wow, that is crazy. So much has happened. <laughs> in that time.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. Very, very much has happened. <laughs> for, both so, for both of us. Yeah, I mean, you know, all these kinds of life-changing events. Like, I think, yeah, I wasn't even pregnant at the time we were doing that interview. We were right. trying to get pregnant at that right. time. So I wasn't even quite, quite too the threshold of motherhood as i am now in the throes of not getting a lot of sleep mm-hmm. <laughs> still <laughs> so um when we t- when we spoke back then you hadn't started working for robot entertainment then. that that no. wasn't a job for you yet
1: no it wasn't
0: so you were streaming and right. making videos right
1: yeah and that then was my goal to just <laughs> pushing that <laughs> yeah.
0: and is that and so that's essentially how you got to be your community manager for robot yes yes
1: so so what happened it was insane um <laughs> what happened i'm trying to c- compile my right <laughs> it was just a strange story because uh the new game orcs must die Unchained, i had heard about it from their community manager because i was one of the Closest community people. Right. So they're like, we're going into pre alpha. We want you guys to come in and test. It was me and uh, Fried Egg, my friend who also had his skin made um, at the same time. And backdraft. Yes, backdraft. And I thought, okay, cool. A new game. I'm going to do my best to get in at the ground level and do everything I can to support these guys Mm because I love the game and I love the franchise and I really enjoyed the people. So Early on, I just I fell in love with the game, and I started making videos. And then they asked me to do hero overview videos, so just talk about the heroes a little bit, show their skills, things like that. And they were going to pay me. That's not good. (laughs) (laughs) I undervalued myself completely.
0: Uh, Oh, Um, that's how you. uh, Unfortunately, that is often how we learn in those situations. So I was making a few bucks on
1: the side doing that for them little tiny one off videos. And it got to the point where I need a job (laughs) like really badly. (laughs) Um, I kind of feel bad about how I did it and I didn't do it on purpose, but I went over the head of the community manager at the time, Justin Korthoff, and I I just sent an email to the CEO practically begging him for a job. I said, here's where I have identified that you need help. Mm -hmm. Let me come in and help you um a few weeks later they hired me Yeah, sight unseen, no interviews no nothing right and um wow i was, I was recently laid off from robot entertainment <laughs> which i'm sure we'll get into later but yeah um they have never met me ever i never went down to the studio once wow oh well, that's kind of a bummer you yeah, a little sad was, about that i was hoping to get down there this year but you know yeah <laughs> um, yeah
0: well, that's cool though, because I think one of the important things about how you did do that is identifying the need for, you know, you, you don't, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's different when you, when you go to somebody and you're like, hire me. Right. You know, when you say, look, <laughs> yeah, this is the piece you're missing and I can fill it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and having already built, you know, enough of a relationship with them, I think that's, I I'd, might I'd say, I'm I'm finally I'm in my 40s. I'll I'll out myself as (laughs) at least in my 40s. I'm finally understanding what it means to network, like Mm -hmm. to really like actually like network with people and understand what that means. And everything else that I've done, I've just kind of fallen into like I happen to ask and, you know, there were opportunities and timing was more than anything. And yeah. as I'm looking at like the next piece of my career, I'm looking at stuff I'm going to need to kind of learn how to network with. Right. And that's the difference. It's like, it's not just so much about like selling yourself or having the dedication to the community, which you clearly already had. Sure. Um, it was about finding finding the need and identifying here, look, there's, there's a hole and here's how I can fill it.
1: <laughs> yeah. And timing was a big one, too. Mm-hmm. They were just starting to ramp up for the game. So I knew that they needed people. Right, Justin couldn't do that job on his own. Uh, right. Supporting all the games that they had and a live service game. It just was too big.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I got lucky. Yeah, <laughs> It was luck. It was 50-50, right? Yeah. And they said yes and gave me a chance that I'm forever grateful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the best part about it. That's really the best part about it. So, and so, and that did, that did, well, I mean, they laid off a bunch of people at robot, right? They
1: did. did. Uh, They've had two rounds of layoffs. One was in May of 2017 and a lot of good people got let go Mm -hmm. and I survived. So I had survivor's guilt for a long time. (laughs) Why are they keeping me around? Right? Well, I guess they made some videos. So, but uh, eventually I, my my predecessor, Laura Barrett, she left as community manager and I took over for her. And just kind of stepped in that role without a problem. Mm-hmm. So two months later, the next round of layoffs and oh. the studio is gone. And it just, that's what happens in the gaming industry. It's unfortunate, but it's yeah, it's one of the things that happens. Yeah, It's understandable from a business perspective too, because you work so long on this thing that you don't know if it's going to make money. Movies are a little more stable, right? Yeah, you know that a movie is it's going wide; people are probably going to go see it. It's very unlikely that it uh, doesn't make its budget back. Games are just not the same, especially yeah. mobile games, which is the one we we released last time. You put a mobile game out on the the app store or something, and a day later, it's just covered completely. So
0: yeah, well, and it's different too because movies are a set thing like tv shows like in terms of media like once you make a movie it's it's done and and people just go and see it it's very you know and i've talked about this before the whole like idea of movies as a passive entertainment and games as interactive
1: right
0: but the fact that they're interactive means they're going to be more likely to break there's going to be more likely you know there's more components for things to go wrong there's exactly. more opportunities for things that we love, like downloadable content and, you know, things to expand the world. But at the same time, those are all those pieces that the game industry has to put together.
1: They didn't have to, you know,
0: years
1: Yeah. ago. That yeah. was kind of nice. But then, of course, you would... Just buy a game that you had no idea about. <laughs> I'm talking NES days, right? Right. The yeah. Internet. You had to have the magazines and stuff, and even then, like a one-page thing on a game isn't telling you enough.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, then no, it it all had to change because how we interacted with it changed too with with the internet and with
1: right
0: with all of that. I mean, even even when you were still playing solo, I remember getting stuck on. It wasn't missed. It was Riven, which was the sequel. Right, <laughs> I remember that.
1: Yeah, I'm 35. You're in your 40s. I'm
0: 35.
1: So I remember all those things too.
0: Yeah, that was and I, but Riven was the first one I remember not buying the book for because remember uh, how they had the book. Yeah, you would buy it. You would buy a book that had all the like, if you got stuck, it could like help guide you. Exactly. But Riven w- was the first one that I found like forums where people were talking about it. All right, where I could get information instead of having to actually go to GameStop and pick up the book. Yeah, then went with it, which you never kept, right? Because once you solved it, you were done with it. Yeah.
1: But oh, it was yeah. like I
0: still got some of my old books. Do you, man? Yeah. I wish I had mine. I don't. I don't have any. I think I left my old mom's house when I moved out.
1: <laughs> I think the oldest one I have is from Final Fantasy 6 on SNES. But I was a huge Nintendo Power nerd, mm. so mm. I would order stuff from them, and ugh, oh, I loved it.
0: I loved it <laughs> so much. Glory days. Yeah no no kidding. I think I think in a lot of ways, um, Nintendo still banks on that with Mm -hmm. um, the nostalgia that we'll always kind of continue to pour money into yeah (laughs) there's something about that first console i've i've owned every nintendo console (laughs) um i have not owned every xbox and still don't own the newest one (laughs) so yeah it's funny the way that gets in there so in your time working as as community manager for robot what was what was the best part of that job for you
1: Oh, geez. The best part was getting to make the
0: rules.
1: (laughs) 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 Finally having the the chance to, you know, go past and and really try and make something that was my own. Mm -hmm. Didn't have time to do that. Um, Right. But I I am a a doer. Right. I execute things. I'm not much of a planner, which Mm. is definitely a weakness as a community manager. Yeah but that's one of the reasons I worked so well with my predecessor because she was very good at planning and I would take over and execute and
0: it just worked really I well. Just, so yeah. There's something about that kind of, I'm like that too. Uh, mm-hmm. When we talk about um, writers, there's sort of two different types of writers we talk about. So there's plotters, people who like have like the big like outline of like every major event for the story all set up before they start writing. Right. And then there's pantsers, Um, the people who fly by the seat of their pants. <laughs> I'm, I'm a pantser. Crying. Okay. My entire life is pantsing. <laughs> <laughs> I pants when I game. <laughs> I, I pants when I teach. Like, it's just all off the cuff for me. And so that's the thing that I've discovered, too, is I need to have plotters in my life that are like, hey, see this rail, Regina? Yeah. You might actually want to stay on that because it's headed where you want to go. (laughs) Right. Right. Thanks. That's funny. Yeah. So I think for, I can see how in community management, you would want to have like a little bit more structure. Absolutely. Than just like get up and let's go do. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But it was, I got to do a lot of things. I got to um, expand one of the, the programs I created before the community management thing, which was having our our core streamers getting rewards for streaming every week. Mm. And they would stream on our official channel. So I managed all that even before the community management. But I wanted to expand that to all content creators, so people making YouTube videos or guide writers even. So right. I got to do that before I left, which was good. I think they've ended that program now because it's too much to, uh, yeah, to manage, to manage right. When you don't have a community manager, <laughs> so, which is weird. It's so weird to me. And I'm not going to talk down about robot. Just, I don't understand how you can have two live service games that are
0: still alive and not have someone and not have somebody. Yeah. But Keeping a watch on it. Yeah.
1: I'm praying and got my fingers crossed for them So yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've always yeah, I've always loved Robot. They put out good. They put out good products. They put out good games. Yeah, yeah. I know what
1: they're working on next, and I I think it's
0: going to be good. So. <laughs> Darn it! I'm sure you can't tell us.
1: I can't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little tease. Yeah. People hyped for it because I, I do love the studio, and like I said, they gave me my chance, and I was able to thrive.
0: So yeah, almost yep. four years in. Hey, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. And that's, you know, especially actually in the game industry, I know, and a couple of other developers who, you know, are always like, well, I never know, like, (laughs) you could go in on Monday morning and lose your job, and you'd have, you know, no warning. It's just the way the industry runs. And it's not necessarily because of the job they've done. It's just, it's exactly that. Mm -hmm. It's just a business (laughs) decision. Yeah. Is that was that for you the hardest part of like being in the game industry? That kind of sense of like worry or not knowing. It was at
1: the start Mm -hmm. because I was brought on as a contract worker, Mm -hmm. and I did that for what for until I got the community manager job. So they put me on a six month contract to start. Six months is not really a lot of time to to settle in and feel like Mm -hmm. I'm going to be here for a while. So. Seven months passed, and then I finally got a new contract. I was worried out of my mind about it. So I had to keep prodding my my boss saying, Hey, I need a new contract. If you guys <laughs> are going to keep me, like, they're like, Yeah, don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, finally got a new contract, got a little raise. That was nice. And then six months passed. Nothing. Six months passed. Nothing. Six months passed, nothing, years passed. <laughs> I wasn't on a contract for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. So it was really strange, but I didn't worry so much. Cause I, I knew once they didn't care about putting me back on the contract that, okay,
0: they just want me here. Right. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and then you, I don't know, it's hard to say you have like trust or something like that, but you have you know, like a better feeling and a better, more, maybe more confidence. Yeah, there was a lot more
1: confidence. And I was naive to how the industry worked, too, until the first round of layoffs happened. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, this is how it works. What's going to happen after the next game, right? Right. And a lot of people were doing the same thing. We had a ton of people leave the studio because they were looking for the next job, right? They kind of saw it coming because they'd been in the industry long. Yeah.
0: Long. You can read the read the signs better yeah, after you've seen yeah, them a couple times I,
1: I saw it coming too but then they promoted me right. <laughs> I was like surely this will be fine <laughs> no no it was not.
0: that's the worst
1: the old bait and switch yeah no kidding
0: (laughs) no kidding well you know I work um because I work part-time I don't have a Mm full-time uh teaching position and so I'm on contract as well and and I never I never know like there's always the opportunity of even after I've had a set schedule for a semester I could still lose the classes I have if a full-time employee and uh, like if they have a class canceled, they get priority so they could right. take a class from you. So I'm always kind of in that. I have a reasonable amount of mm, I'm seniority. Yes. I <laughs> will <it> too. Just <laughs> seriously jinx myself <laughs> right. saying this. I'll probably get a class cut this fall just for having, you know, tempted the fade or even summer. Um, but because, uh, like, at one school, I've been teaching there for 16 years. So I have a little bit of, like, they make sure, like, to try to protect me if they can because I've been there mm-hmm. for so long. But even then, nobody is, like, fully protected. And it's always one of those moments where I had that happen this last fall where I just all of a sudden, Got the notice. So by the way, you only have one class for the spring. And I was like, excuse me, what?
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is scary. What do you do then?
0: Oh, well, I I pushed back on them because the, the person who was telling me was like, well, you don't always get two classes. And I'm like, I've been here for 15 years and I can assure you, I have always had two classes. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I kind of shot myself in the foot a little bit because she came back and offered me a class. I don't teach very often. Mm which was good because it was the money but um when you teach online um and you're working for a school that doesn't provide you the materials to teach the course online i essentially found out in october that i had to design a new class for january
1: oh my gosh
0: <laughs> so i had like wow. 2 months to design 2 months over christmas to design and implement a brand new class um and i had to get a new book because um Oh, this is like really going off the rails, but
1: no, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll bring you back in, in a second. Okay.
0: The, uh, the, um, the way textbooks work, they, they offer new editions, you know, sure. so that you can't continue to use old stock. Well, my book that I had been using the last time I taught the class um, had gone to an only digital edition and it was $200. Oh. And you can't get used editions when you're digital, right? So I couldn't do I couldn't use my old textbook, so I had to find a new textbook and design an entirely new class in two months. And I and this is embarrassing, and I'll admit it anyway. I literally just finished designing it th- this week last week. Finishing touches on that class. While you're teaching. While I'm teaching it. We won't tell anyone. I know. We won't tell. I'm sure they will. I'm sure my students won't be listening or my bosses. Hi. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like it it was just like I had to like talk about pantsing, right? Like I like had to like, I was constantly like, okay, I need to get this done. I need to get this done. Like putting the materials together as the semester moved on. Um, And I had enough. Like I had the first half of the class done. So it's only been in the last couple of weeks that I've been pushing up against the these deadlines are coming up in a month and they need to have this material and it's right. like okay i need to get this done for the sake of my sanity if nothing else oh my gosh but yeah i mean that's and that's contract work like and that's academic yeah. contract work i do you just never know when you're in a contract what's going to work and what's going to hold or what game's going to be really successful and you're going to have a great community that needs supporting and yeah. Those like cuts are going to come from so, and it's it's similar. You know, academia goes with the um, the economy as well. You know, when when people are prospering, not as many people are in school. But when mm-hmm. things cut back, more people go back to school. So there's always kind of this like, ebb yeah. and flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so so what was the hardest part for you? If it wasn't like the contract heart was was there anything that kind of rubbed that was hard or I mean or was it all rose-colored glasses and fantastic days at work and
1: (laughs) over the course of the four years or just as a community manager
0: uh whichever I mean whichever one you want I I guess maybe more as a community manager is that like focused position
1: uh as community manager believe it or not talking to the players (laughs) 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 <laughs> because you you really represent the company at right. that point, right? Before, I was just kind of like, oh, it's not Aenea, whatever. Right. right. Kind of say whatever I want, as long as I stuck to the message. Yeah. Uh, but now it's like, oh, it's not Aenea. <laughs> she just right. said this, right? Um, yeah.
0: You have the authority of the company behind you as opposed yes. to.
1: Yeah. And you have to, uh, you got to back it up.
0: Mm-hmm. So that was definitely the hardest thing.
1: Uh, but it was Okay. Uh, we dealt with, oh man, I dealt with a major outage over two days for Orcs Messiah and Hero Academy 2, where no one could play the game oh. for like 14 hours. Oh. and Yeah. Yeah. I got all the fun stuff in too months. <laughs> service outage, I got the patches. It was great. Um, I not had a service outage like that ever. So I was the lucky one.
0: Wow. Yeah. But, that, that would be rough.
1: Yeah, it was. But just messaging people, constantly mm-hmm. updating them and keeping them informed. And then afterwards, I I worked really closely with the rest of
0: the team to compensate players. Right. So
1: that was a good thing. Yeah. You, you got to give the trust back.
0: Right, mm-hmm. right. Well, and you'd have a high level of empathy having been um, the gamer uh-huh. and been on the other side. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what community management is really about. You have to be that that fence that
1: are in between the players and the mm-hmm. company, you have to give the company the information that the players want you to give them. And then you, vice versa, right? You yeah. The company info to
0: the players and
1: temper those expectations. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, that's, it's interesting. We had um, Jessica Marazin, um on before. I think we had you on the show. Okay. And she was the community manager at Bioware. Oh, wow when mass effect 3 dropped and she told the stories
1: of <laughs> well, oh yeah the ending
0: yes oh no <laughs> the ending <laughs> yes yes yeah, so. i didn't have
1: a problem with the ending of
0: mass no effect. i you know i i didn't play um, so i didn't I didn't know it firsthand, but I read about I read all the stories and I had read up about it and what the ending and the choices had been mm-hmm. um but it's kind of like i I liken it to um everybody hated how I met your mother ended too, right. I <laughs> That's all right, um, but you know, sometimes people take creative risks, and it's important for us to take creative risks. Absolutely, and yeah. they took a creative risk, and I didn't think it was that bad either. But man, their hardcore, their hardcore fans were not happy. Mm. And she told stories about getting blocked on Twitter because she had been interacting so much with the um, the community, and up until like all hours of the night. <laughs>
1: Like BioWare said, stop. Yeah. (laughs) You love your job, but stop, please.
0: You need to take a break (laughs) because she was in such, you know, such a panic trying to like keep it together. So, Um, but she had that same passion that you had where, you know, you have that, like you're, you have that empathy, but you also need to like maintain the the company's credibility. So. It's I imagine. A
1: li- uh, line to walk.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. I was going to say almost those exact same words like <laughs> being able to keep that, to hold on to your passion and be able to keep the company in mind is, yeah. it's, it's got to be a lot more complex. I wonder, you know, because I know a lot of people maybe think about like community manager as like this fun and great job you have in the game industry. It is fun.
1: Yeah. It, it, well, it's fun for me. I love talking to people and, and building those bonds and mm-hmm. really just connecting. so that's the fun part, right. The bad part is, oh, we can't do this. It's a cool idea, but sorry, right. you know, just disappointing players is the bad part,
0: yes, yeah, exactly. like and having to have that as part of of what you're managing, right, and the expectations of everybody as well, yeah, Yep. Yeah. Yeah. so um, so let's talk a little bit about your your personal life if you Uh-oh. wouldn't mind i guess right. to switch up the order of some of my questions here how Since what was that I said how dare you how dare I how <laughs> and I think I'd be more fun to kind of close with more more stuff about like what you're streaming what you're doing right now yeah, okay that's fine okay <laughs> when we talked five years ago yeah. one of the things that was most that I most clearly remembered was you talking about having kept a lot of your private information away from your public persona. Absolutely. In your your YouTube and in your Twitter and sort of being very separate. And and you told a very um, powerful story about having had a really bad experience mm-hmm. um, with somebody that you had met online. Um, and so you've made some pretty significant personal announcements. <laughs> couple of months yep (laughs)
1: about the last seven or eight months
0: yep yeah there's been some some big some big announcements that kind of came out and um and I wondered uh well I I don't want to out you so I went I was I was hoping you would share with our listeners um what those announcements were and and what your process was about coming to make those announcements after having been so like separate for so long
1: You're not gonna out me. I'm out. Oh well, yeah. (laughs) To our listeners, I'm I'm transgender, right? (laughs) So I'm I'm male to female, transgender, and um, I kept them separate because I was really worried about my career Mm -hmm. and about my community because it's hard not to worry, right? Day and age, and even ten years ago when I started YouTube. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: uh, my transition started about ten years ago. Period. Um, I was on hormones and stuff for about a year and a half, and things fell apart. Mm. But I continued my online life as a woman, so i I didn't want to let go of that. That was keeping me sane. Right. Some other bad things <laughs> that I don't <laughs> want to talk about. But <laughs> it kept me here, and now, and uh, I was able to really keep expressing myself, how I see myself. Right. But of course, I couldn't share anything about my life. I had to stay private. I had to scour the internet and just erase everything that I could find from it. Because all it took was a few searches. And you could see, oh, okay, you could, you know, any decent sleuth could put it together. And a few did. A few early on in the YouTube career, a few did. And they were posting comments and I was like deleting them instantly at (laughs) four in the morning. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, it was scary. Um, Yeah. Yeah, sure. The reason I came out was I was much more confident in myself. Mm -hmm. And I was ready. I was ready to start sharing my life with everyone. Living
0: a dual life is not fun. Right.
1: For way too long. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's a long time. That's a long time to have a persona that you're so strong and you're so centered in. Right. You know, because uh, one of the things I always appreciated about having had you on the show was you had such a strong and clear voice. It was just, it was just always so impressive to me. And, and that's what I love about your stream as well. Like you are who you are. Yeah. And so it's got to be difficult to carry that break internally yeah. and not be able to be like, well, this really is who I am. But just so you know, there's all this other stuff behind it too. Well,
1: yeah, I was, I was living as a man up until geez, three weeks ago, four <laughs> weeks ago. It, mm-hmm. I mean, i just started living full-time as a woman. So, so back then I would be streaming and I get a knock on the door and it'd be my mom or my daughter or something. And I would have to mute my stream Mm -hmm. switch my voice back to a male voice right and it was this constant back and forth that it just took a toll on me really badly and not good for mental health I don't suggest anyone do that yeah I'm I'm a really strong person um yes so I handled it and I got through it and I'm so much happier now
0: good
1: and my community was amazing when I came out no one like everyone was cheering me on and supporting me and I think only one person commented Badly,
0: not even badly. They're just like, Like, okay, (laughs) get back to your game content, whatever.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, we don't care about this. Just keep giving us
0: content. Yeah. Did, did the gaming help solidify the identity for you? Like, like being able to go online and because we talked about, you know, you don't play World of Warcraft anymore. Neither do I um but no battle for Azeroth I know oh god I'm so tempted it's so sad but I'm so tempted I will probably play it uh
1: two or three weeks and then I'll call it good right
0: (laughs) just get a monthly subscription don't like don't even commit to like a six month right maybe um but but having being able to have the persona online did it help sort of bridge yeah Absolutely. Ever
1: since I was a kid, the first time I really got to start doing that um and conversing with other people was Everquest. Mm. Oh right. That was me at 15. <laughs> I I mean I, I felt uh like I was whatever transgender meant. I mean that wasn't a word back yeah. when I yep. thought I wanted to be a woman. And I was about nine years old when right. I felt that way. So only a few years later. 15 going through puberty still. Right. Like, right. Like, okay, this is my outlet. This is how I can, this is where I can have this. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And it was a huge boon. Mm -hmm. Huge. We didn't have YouTube back then. I know. (laughs) Social media was not a thing. Right. So that was my, my outlet.
0: Well, and to have the, to be able to connect. And I mean, you know, I, I always probably celebrate a little too much the way we can connect over the internet. Um, Cause it can also be terrible. Don't, yes. don't get me wrong. There's a lot of bad that happens on the internet and a lot of things that have happened that are terrible that have happened to a lot of women in the game industry. Very true, um, You know, there's been horrible stuff, but there's also, it's so amazing to me to see the way people can find their communities and connect mm-hmm. in ways that they they wouldn't have been able to had they not had such a such a broad means of connecting. Right,
1: I agree. hundred yeah. <laughs> percent.
0: That's good. No, I'm glad you're. I, I looked. I remember. I remember seeing your video when it came out. Mm. Um and and I was I I was so glad, like my heart warmed that you were to the point where you felt comfortable too. Mm-hmm you know, embrace all of that. Right. But I was so worried because we were so close to to Gamergate having just, I mean, Gamergate, I guess still kind of goes on, sure. but so much bad stuff had happened to women in the game industry um, and have you in the industry and a streamer. And I was just like, God, I hope this isn't bad. And I went, I very tentatively, like I watched the video and I liked it and I'm like, I'm not going to look at the comments. I'll go you back later. Have. You should have. They were great. I did. I did. I ended up going back. I'm like, I really hope she got a good reception because you were posting on Twitter that it was good and you were felt so, you know, supported. And I'm like, okay, good. Maybe this isn't going to be the the trash fire it could have been. Right. But, because. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. I think one of the reasons is because I've always just been me. Yeah. It's, it's not and a that's, big persona. Yeah. It's not, I'm not catfishing. Anyone. Exactly.
0: Right? Like, um, exactly. Just me. Yeah. Well, and and that's, that marks how, how significant of a community you built. Right. Because you brought people with your energy that were going to continue to support you regardless of the, the darkest secret you felt like you had. Exactly. You know, and that's really when I, when if I wanted to try to boil down what the power of the internet could be, it's that because the people that you brought to you, you know, fully supported every aspect of who you are, even if it was your scariest and darkest, you know, most, you know, cherished and protected thing, you could still put it out there and be supported yeah. by that community.
1: That's hard to find.
0: Uh, it is really hard to find. It and it's really in hard. Real
1: in yeah. real life. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even think there is a thing, a difference between real life and internet life at this point. It's so I intertwined.
0: I mean, but I, I the, think
1: the, the physical contact is what yeah.
0: I mean, I think it's different, and you relate different, yeah. Um, and and you handle things differently, I think. But I think for the most part, we've just kind of come to a point where, you know, we've kind of seamlessly integrated all, all of the social media. I mean, not always seamlessly because there are times when I'm on my phone and it's my turn and we're playing a board game and I get yelled at because I didn't pay attention. It's my turn. Cause I was looking at Instagram or whatever. Right. <laughs> so it's not always seamless, that's but part we... of the bad stuff, right? Exactly. That's part, that's part of what you have to like, learn how to manage and kind of yeah. keep track of. Um, but I think for the most part, it, it didn't take over us as much as we took over it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that that's, that's kind of, kind of what it is. And I think that your story here is evidence of that.
1: Well, thank you.
0: (laughs) You're welcome.
1: (laughs) I will say, um, and I told you this before the show that I felt really like a wolf in sheep's clothing when I came Mm -hmm. on uh, Game on Girl the first time, because maybe just a personal insecurity, but I feel like a lot of male to female, especially transgender people have this where They don't feel like they're supposed to be in the female space. Right. Right. Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah. That is some sort of line.
1: Salons. um, Right. Changing rooms, gym, locker rooms, that kind of stuff. And it's really unnerving, but even, even something like a a podcast, it's like, well, this is for women and I'm not there yet. (laughs) And even though I am here, right. It's still a little weird. Yeah. The acceptance, but I have to accept it too.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like everybody can accept you if you're not accepting of who you are yourself, then. But I think that that's also... I think deep down, you know, your acceptance of yourself is there. It's just a matter of fulfilling whatever societal expectations you think you need to to fit exactly. in the spaces, yeah. which is why you did seamlessly fit in in Game on Girl and why, you know, never would have been a question. Then why, you know, this is my first episode like <laughs> coming back to do interviews. And you were seriously one of the first people I thought about. Who do I want to talk to? Let's talk to Nanania. Well, thank
1: you for having
0: me. You're welcome. Um, it's, thank you for for joining me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So, so tell so tell me now. So you're you're running a Patreon now? Yes, I
1: am. I started a Patreon a few days ago. I'm not sure why. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, I'm unemployed. The money would be great, but um, when Patreon first came out, I was still making videos and I, I was also unemployed. But mm-hmm. I thought Patreon really needs to be a job uh, if you want to make it work. Yeah. And I wasn't willing to put that in, and I, I wasn't really even sure what I could offer. Right. So, how can I give something meaningful to the people that enjoy my content without it? Just it just felt like a paywall. Right. Right. Like, right. You already got my content for free, but now I'm going to say nope.
0: No, here's all my cool stuff is behind this dollar yeah. sign.
1: Yeah, I didn't do that. I, I still yeah. don't want to do that. So, yeah, I had to come up with some ideas for. Her how to Other engage access. Yeah. And engagement and extra access and that kind of stuff. So I don't know. It doesn't mm-hmm. have much traction yet, but yeah, it takes time. To it. And yeah. yeah, I know that's my community awesome. is Awesome. And yeah. I've been inactive for oh, at least four years. Right. Cause like, right. that's when I've been at robot and I stopped YouTube and Twitch pretty much completely. I, I do some one-offs here and there, but
0: nothing consistent. Right. You need, you need consistency. Right. Yeah. Oh, well, I know. <laughs> so yeah. As anyone listening to the podcast knows, I'm trying to get back to consistency. It's <laughs> difficult. Um, it is, especially with small kids. <laughs>
1: yeah. Even more so.
0: Yes, that changes everything. So, what are you excited about? What are you going to be playing? What's going to be up? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just making it and making the idea was, was was enough. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pantsing yeah. it.
0: Yeah, panda. Wow, welcome to my club. <laughs> um, so I played Dark Souls three. Okay. Last
1: Thursday, this Thursday will be something that the patrons have selected. So, oh, okay. I'm having them suggest video games for like every other Thursday, and I'll take a stab at one of them or a few of cool. them just play for a few hours see what comes up
0: yeah do you have any limits on that like if somebody sends you um uh a cooking dash or something like that
1: <laughs> no whatever like it could be a horrible flash game i don't care i'll play it um. <laughs> That's part of the fun, right? Especially right. bad games are part right. of the fun. Seeing failure and watching someone that you enjoy play something horrible and yes. seeing their reactions, so, yes. which I can finally do. It's not just a vocal reaction. Right. I can finally be on webcam. And I know uh, I used to say, oh, well, you know, I want to showcase the gameplay. That's not all it was, <laughs> obviously. Um, but I, I've been showcasing the gameplay for a long time. And I think I'm trying to build something where I'm part of that.
0: Yeah. Well, you're kind of merging. You're seeing, you know, you're taking, you know, who you are in your offline life and merging it more with your, with your online life, which is complicated. Um,
1: it is. Yes. But I'm willing to do it. So
0: yeah. Well, and that's awesome. And I, I think it'll grow. And I think, you know, you've got, like I said, a very powerful community that's very accepting. So, and built from, you know, the genuine part of who you are. And that's all it that really, that's all that really kind of matters with it. Yeah, I so. don't
1: care. I'm not going to get rich off Patreon. I never got no. rich off YouTube or Twitch. But if I can make the people yeah. enjoy my stuff, enjoy it a little more, then that's what it's all about.
0: So, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much absolutely, <laughs> for coming and talking to me today. I appreciate it. So where do you want our listeners to come find you? Patreon.com
1: Patreon. slash Nanania. That has links to everywhere else. Okay. So all right. The, the so we'll- big
0: Go check out Nanania's Patreon. All right, I'm here now with Isabella, content manager for the Geek Embassy. How you doing, Izzy? Good. Good. Tired. Tired. Yes, because I made the. Noodly <laughs> post post massage noodly, that's good. You'll have lots of good good thinking for these these questions I'm about to throw you.
2: <laughs> I'm going into this completely blind. I have no idea what's happening. Just so everyone knows,
0: <laughs> this is my test. <laughs> my history. This is a history exam. <laughs>
2: Oh no. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> for those of you who have followed um Game on Girl since the beginning, um I used to talk extensively about the gamer types that I created when I was doing my dissertation research. And in relaunching Game on Girl and bringing back kind of my focus on gender and gaming, I wanted to bring the gamer types back. Though we haven't talked about them in a long time, and we have a lot of new and different listeners. So I wanted to make sure I kind of did a quick primer about what the gamer types were and some changes that I'm actually going to be implementing to the gamer types. And that's where Izzy comes in.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. So, Isabella, what do you remember about the gamer types? I remember there was a mastery one. Yes. Where you're mostly uh, concerned about, you know, beating the game. (laughs) Yes. Investing the game, getting all the trophies, getting all the achievements. Yes. Yes. Doing all the things, every single thing that you could possibly do. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Getting the most out of out of the game itself. Right. Um, Finishing.
2: Drive to completion, etc. Yeah. Exactly. Then there was a self, which is pretty much you're playing, not really playing as another like character that you've made up but mostly just yourself so right basically if you put yourself in the game this is what you would do
0: (laughs) right you go and and because when i when i originally created the gamer types i was looking at identity in role-playing games so the original types really came out of role-playing games so games where you would go in and create a character or an avatar and that was the one requirement was everybody had to play a game where you created an avatar Um, And so the self gamers, yes, absolutely would go in and have their own hair color, or want their own eye color, wanted to find things that sort of looked similar to their own styles. Very, very driven by making that avatar reflect who they were, or who they are. Exactly. Yes. To the degree where people would talk about if they didn't have the ability to change avatars, they would make things their favorite color. Like if you could change the skin on a on an avatar um, to specific colors, people would pick their favorite colors to at least get like some injection of themselves into their gaming experience.
2: Right. And mm-hmm. I would do that a lot. Well, I would normally just get mad a lot because I can never have curly hair in game. <laughs> <laughs> it's true,
0: <laughs> you start paying attention. there are not a lot of curly haired avatars,
2: so i had i had i think I had like either red or blue hair a lot of the time if mm-hmm. that was an option because those are my favorite those colors favorite so. colors
0: yep, yeah. I did purple and green a lot because those are my favorite colors. yeah, that was one of the ways and and I identified my own gaming habits with that because my first my very first avatar. In World of Warcraft, pretty much had my same haircut that I had at the time. Then I dyed my hair red, like, you know, traditional red. (laughs) And I didn't mindfully go in and make another character because this was in the days of Vanilla WoW before you could actually go to the hairdresser and change the hair color of your avatar (laughs) i actually went in and made a new avatar and changed her hair color to match my current hair color not even thinking about the fact that i had done that (laughs) that's the level of you know wanting to have the self represented
2: all right so mastering self do you remember what the third was role player yes where you're kind of just making up a character and playing as them instead of yourself
0: yes yes and this was the interesting thing to find which shouldn't and now you know now i know shouldn't have surprised me that there were role players in a role-playing game (laughs) um not really a stretch there uh what was fascinating was the depth that many people would take the characters that they created in role-playing situations um where they would have detailed backstories and family trees they made and just like justification for how their character looked and what kind of haircut they had based on who their character was, love stories that they had created, and all you know, just all kinds of stuff.
2: Yes. I always had the best intentions of playing as a role player, and then I inevitably end up playing myself
0: (laughs) (laughs) i think that's pretty common too i always had this kind of dream that i'd go in and spend all this time making these characters and then never actually went and did anything like that um at least not for any of the
2: digital games that i played Um, or i would get all the way through character creation and then be like what now (laughs) <laughs> right. <laughs> I only really know how to play myself.
0: <laughs> right. And that's and that's funny. And I think um actually if you look at our um the Geek Embassy plays Pathfinder, I think the hardest thing about that was I picked a character to, you know, like live action role play that was like so different from who I really am and how I approach things, um, that it was really hard for me to try to figure out how to role player because I had been self-gaming for so
2: long yeah I kind of just ended up playing myself in that one too yeah I think I ended up pretty much doing
0: that as well with a couple of lines I tried to throw in I mean I was a dwarf barbarian so I was trying to like you know throw in a couple of lines here and there that reminded me of Gimli but um I don't know how well I got (laughs) across
2: well you smash things. That's the important
0: part. I did smash things. I did. That was very enjoyable. Um, not as enjoyable, I will say, as setting things on fire as a warlock. Yeah. It's definitely fire setting is my favorite thing to do in game. So, yeah. So those were the three that I had. And we always had, you know, the idea that you could be a combination. In some games, you might be more mastery. In some games, you might be more role player. You might be more self Um, And I've been reflecting on this in part because I'm working on a new project that I'm going to use the gamer types in. And I was talking with a friend of mine and he was planning a rather elaborate dinner party. And he wanted to have games as a central feature of his dinner party. And I was talking about like different things you could do and this and that. And he's like, yeah, but I don't want anybody sitting at a table. Like, I don't want people writing. I don't want people holding cards. He's like, I want this so people are talking to each other and that it gets people like moving around. Granted, this was a dinner party setting. So of course, you know, where he was bringing a bunch of people who didn't know each other together. So all of that makes sense. But it dawned on me. That I had missed a component of, of gaming just across kind of the board, which is that social aspect of gaming, mm-hmm. right? Where people play simply for the social connections that it gives them. Right. And that. And so I think that I'm going to make that my fourth category. The social player? The social gamer. Yeah. Yeah. The social gamer type. And I think it will encompass both that kind of like in-person potential like board games and stuff, but also people who play like social media games, like Mm -hmm. Words with Friends or even like Candy Crush or things like that, that have a leaderboard that is, you know, competing with people that they know. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So I think that that is, that's going to be my fourth category. So what do you think about that as sort of like an addition to this? I think I know a lot of
2: people who would probably fit. But
0: who wouldn't fit in the other categories?
2: Yes. Yes. I know. I definitely know people who do things mostly for the socializing.
0: Right. (laughs) Well, and I think a lot of role players do as well. Right? I think people who play like pen and paper role playing games are playing for the social aspects just as much as anything else. Sometimes.
2: I can see that. Yeah. In role-playing games, that that is a little bit me. Although, in other games, I am more the complete opposite of a social player.
0: Mm -hmm. What would that be? (laughs) (laughs) Where you don't want to socialize with anybody, you just want to play Solitaire.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, back when I played my brief stint in WoW, I would Mm -hmm. completely avoid all the other players, because I was like, no, leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to complete my quests." (laughs) So, I wonder
0: if there's some sort of, like, polarity here with, like, social gamers and solo gamers.
2: Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. I play... uh So I would say play games more for like the escape rather than the socializing. Right. Hmm. Okay. If that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, it does. like, you know, where are you going in to to decompress or um, run off a bad day or whatever, like just to get in and get to do something that's interactive that's not.
2: Right. Or I need a quiet minute to play some Silly match three game on my phone. <laughs> oh yes.
0: Uh should I count how many I have on my phone right now? How many um how many match three games do I have right now? One, two, three, four.
2: I might four. I think I only have like two. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have
0: three. I, I should admit that three of those are bejeweled. Because it's I have Bejeweled Blitz, which I haven't played very I haven't played recently. Blitz. I have Bejeweled. Uh, bejeweled stars is what it is. Um, and then I downloaded classic bejeweled because I just wanted something that I could play offline when I was in the plane recently. so yeah. <laughs> so I think that's so interesting. So maybe I'll have to to tie that in as a component as well in terms of maybe these are more attitudes that you take on
2: motivation,
0: mhm, yeah, motivation or attitude toward um. Toward the gaming because you can be a solo self-player, but you could be a social self-player as well. Like if you are the person who goes into World of Warcraft to talk to your guild and chat and talk about your day and get to, you know, whatever, have that social interaction there. Right. Or, you know, you're a I, I was thinking that mastery didn't might not lend itself as much to social gaming because. Uh driven by the achievements, a lot of times gamers will play more on their own uh-huh um, unless
2: it unless it forces you <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. unless it demands that you have a group, and then those people are often seeking out people who have the same level of mastery that they do right to
2: f- just thinking yeah. back to the guild again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nothing wrong with that <laughs> they're <are> good <laughs> examples of of mastery of self you know um codex was definitely a self gamer um a, a social self gamer. a social self gamer yeah um all of them i think would have except maybe vork would have fallen in the social category he might have fallen more on a solo yeah yeah as more of an individual which is interesting because he's definitely more of the mastery as well
2: Mm -hmm.
0: although Zabu was high master too I think but he was also high self so
2: well we always had mixes so yes yeah so I
0: don't know so maybe that's how I'll I'll, I'll add these in as a motivation or or attitude toward toward the gaming because I think that that could add I've always wanted to make the gamer type slightly more complex like I mean I could by combining them but it always seemed like there was a certain element of them just being a little too shallow to truly represent people and this might be a way to kind of add that yeah yeah totally all right so if you are listening and this is your first experience of listening to me talk about the gamer types let me know what you think what kind of gamer type are you? What category do you think you fall under? Where in this hierarchy um, would you fall? If you are familiar with the gamer types, what do you think of the idea of uh, social and solo gamers as potential motivation or attitude for, for gaming in general? Uh, and so hit me up on the website at the Geek Embassy or catch me on Twitter at DocLiz with two Zs. And you can catch Isabella on Twitter at... Izzo Rizzo, right? Yes.
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> only been it. my handle for like ten years.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm coming up on that with Doc Liz too. I think I've got. I might actually have eleven years with Doc. Well, it wasn't Doc Liz; it was Ms Liz to begin with, and then it turned into Doc Liz.
2: <laughs> You got fancy with your doctorate.
0: I did. And you can hit – if you want to talk to both of us at the same time, you can hit the ga- the Geek Embassy Twitter at the Geek Embassy, and both of us read that one. So let us know what you think. What's your gamer type and what's your gamer type attitude? Well, there you have it, the end of the first episode of Season 2 of Game on Girl. Please make sure to go and subscribe on iTunes to Game on Girl. Check us out at thegeekembassy.com where you can find all of the content for this episode, all of the links for Nanania's Patreon and her Twitter and her Twitch stream so you can go check her out. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, get your game on.